Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime. Today's guest is a super special guest, I'll say. And and I'm even going to say her name correctly because she took the time to phonetically spell it out for me. Lisa Zarani. See, I got it. (laughs) Lisa, welcome so much to the show. We're so thrilled to have you. Oh, thank you, Amy. I am delighted and I cannot wait to dig into today's conversation with you. Well, Lisa is the owner of Positively Productive, and she and I met at the annual women's conference in 2012. So this year, well, actually, by the time this is released, it'll be last year, but we met at the women's conference. She spoke to uh, our group of attendees, and during the conference, she used a couple different fun acronyms that I thought, this is so perfect for our audience and our listeners, because it has to do with Well, number one, very busy lives, which most of the people that are listening or that I work with have that challenge. And then also something, it was kind of like a procrastination spin to it that I'm like, oh, we're all guilty of that one. So I thought starting 2023 with the conversation around ways we could get inspired to, um, change our lives just a little bit with some small adjustments would be a fabulous conversation. So that's why I asked Lisa to be on the show. For those of you that I, I'll pepper this throughout the um, conversation just to, just to make sure that you get it. But for those of you that like to um, get more information, Lisa does have a website, positivelyproductive.com. You can learn all about Lisa. One of the things that I loved about Lisa's website was her hair. (laughs) So you got to go out and look. It's just, it's delightful. And I love the phases of your face on the website. So that really stood out to me as something that was, it felt real. It felt like this is somebody I can talk to. This is somebody I can share things with. And um, somebody that I can, you know, feel comfortable going on a journey with. And 
You are a coach. Uh, for those that haven't yet figured that out, you are a coach, but you're specific to productivity and accountability. Tell me a little bit before we dig into some of the real deep stuff around that. Tell me, mm-hmm. first of all, how did you start your own business and how did you choose this specific aspect of coaching? Yes. So, you know, for those who are, you know, into starting businesses, have side hustles, tend toward being an entrepreneur, which I have my entire life, even though I've worked in the corporate world as well. I've had a lot of different experiences. So I've always tended toward finding something and then wanting to try it. And in this particular case, it was actually as a result of being a sandwich caregiver. I was a caregiver for my mom and she had Alzheimer's and I cared for her for nearly five years. And in that span, I had both my children. It was a very unusual and very challenging situation. I was honored to care for her, but even talking about it now, like I want to explain it, but it it's hard to describe just what an impact it had on me, how draining it was. When I talk to people and I say, I understand what survival mode is. I get it. I I really, truly, deeply get it. And so I had an infant, a toddler, and a mom, and just no time for me and no time for extra things. So as you can imagine, during that time when the priority was to keep them all safe and well and do the best I possibly could in impossible circumstances, a lot of things piled up. And after she passed and I was like, okay, I now have, you know, two kiddos and I have my husband and we're trying to figure out what to do when we've had this major financial impact, right? My first instinct was to say, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to get a job? What do I need to do to help us? And I'm so grateful for this voice inside me that said, wait a minute, take a moment, take a breath, (laughs) step back and clean out. You have things that are unprocessed and, and neglected, including you. Take care of that first. And I describe this now as like decluttering inside and out. And that's really what I did. I went through bins and boxes and papers that I hadn't gotten to. And I, I took time for me and, and, you know, rediscovered who I was and, and what I needed to be nourished and to heal. And when I was doing this, the impact that it had on my family was so profound. Everybody was happier and function better. And, you know, it's kind of that if, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Well, thankfully, <laughs> the converse is true. And if mama's happy, everybody's going to be pretty happy. And I just, I felt it deeply and I wanted to help others do the same. And that's my MO. I figure it out. I want to share it with you. So, The first thing I started doing was helping people declutter physically as a professional organizer because it was a very tangible way to make a difference. And you know that feeling, right? You clean out a junk drawer, you clean out your closet, you know, you straighten up a room and you're like, I can, I can breathe easier. (laughs) And I loved it. But the minute I walked into someone's home and this answers your question of like why it's productivity, right? Why it's accountability. I knew that it was really the heart and the head that connected this. I knew that it's not just about, oh, I don't have time to do it, but there's something deeper 
there's fears and limiting beliefs and there's there's all kinds of mindset there's energy there's exhaustion there's everything going on and if we can get to that first if we can tap into that part of where we are everything else will fall into place the inner and the outer environments they affect and reflect each other so i shifted very quickly into what i call productivity coaching but i'm here to tell you it's not what you think it is it's not the productivity that we've always thought it was. It's something different and it's going to change your game. It's interesting, Lisa, listening to, you know, your your why and your purpose on this, because I was jotting down some notes as you were talking. One of the things that you said really resonates with me in the sense that when I get really stressed, um, so this happens this time of year, actually in December as we're recording, because we have a lot of deadlines that we can't move. Yeah. The end of the year happens and we, you know, if we don't take advantage of it in this month, we can't take advantage of it next year for tax purposes or other reasons. So it gets really busy, really tight um, schedules. And we typically try to take the last week of the year off to just decompress. So we really are working in a three week increment during a busy period of time. I find that when I get, when I'm when I get really um, intense like that, where I'm getting up at you know 4.30 in the morning and working until 9.30 at night, that I get to a point where I'm like, I just, I just have to stop. And by stopping, what that means to me is I need to go clean something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people think I'm funny when I, and I say, no, 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 my, you know, like my stress relief is cleaning. Because it's something I don't have to think about. Mm -hmm. It gets me physically moving and it just is achievable. <laughs> like it's, it's something I can do within, even if it's just cleaning out a drawer with like five or, and it just brings a sense of calmness over me. And it may not be anything I can actually see on a day to day basis, but it just helps frame me. So I, you know, I, I wrote that down like, okay, so I'm not crazy. That's good mm -mm. to know. So second thing, <laughs> second thing you said that I want to pull out and talk a little bit more is the fact that you said when your mom, like when you were sandwiched mm -hmm. and you were helping taking care of your mom and you had a young child that you made this major financial commitment, you and your husband made this major financial commitment to do this, to do the, mm -hmm. you know, to help your mom, to help to raise your kids. And you were trying to figure out at that point in time, you know, how, how do I, what's my next step? That is something that we talk to a lot of people about actually, is that the financial commitment, when people talk about, well, on the other side, when people say, I want to stay in my home, um, if I become ill or, you know, at a point where I need some assistance, my kids will help me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute, you know, that when, when people have to take a gap in their earning years, mm -hmm. especially in their highest earning years, um, that impact is pretty significant. What are you going to do to compensate that child for that loss of retirement income, earned income, you know, a career opportunity. And a lot of parents don't think about that. 
They, they, they haven't, and their kids will take care of them. Their kids will make sure they are okay, but they haven't thought about the financial impact to the kids when they do those sort of things. Mm -hmm. So I know that it's anything that we, all of us would do, but when you were coming out of that, you had to like recreate yourself because of that journey that you went on. Yeah, absolutely. And so to your point, this is definitely a cautionary tale and it's, there are important questions to ask, right? When you're going through this. And of course, I did have the benefit of working with an uh, elder care or elder law attorney, right? And so we were able to make some adjustments that helped, but it was still far more than we anticipated. And I think if parents and children both have more awareness about this, you can get a better balance and a better, it's like a collaboration really, right? A Mm. financial collaboration, if you will. But that being said, my situation was such that we got hit pretty hard. And so instinctively, I was trying to make up for that financially. But as I said, I was grateful that I paused for a moment and was like, okay, we'll get there. Let me do this thing first. And I do believe that cleaning up, simplifying, you know, decluttering, really does have a major impact on us financially. Now, Mm -hmm. in the most basic sense, when you have clutter, you can't find things, you're losing time. When you lose time, you lose money. You're purchasing things that you already have. You know, there are a lot of decisions and a lot of little steps along the way that literally add up that can affect you financially. But then there's also the aspect of, like you said, um, reinventing or stepping back or being, I guess, if you will, more strategic. I could have gone out and gotten a job, but then I would have gotten a job on top of the mess that was still there. You know what I mean? And I've often said when when life isn't adding up, start subtracting. So you, you really have to think, okay, what can I remove first before I start adding things? And that's what I did. And I'm so glad that I did because I love what I do now and I feel like I can make a big difference in people's lives that's long lasting into even the next generation. So then let's move forward. Um, first of all, you're a business uh, owner at this stage yes. of the game. So you control your own flexibility to a certain extent. You control, yeah. you know, the the type of people that you work with, which is always a delight, I think. And then you also can control you know, a bit more of if life throws this curveball at you in the future, you, you don't have to just stop working. You can actually, you know, build your business around whatever is going on in your life. But being an entrepreneur ha- has all those positives. What are some of the things that you found out along the way on top of that, that you were, you were su- pleasantly surprised by and also surprise, like, oh, I wish I'd known that. Not that it's bad, just like, oh, I would have planned a little different. Oh my goodness. There's so many different things. And some of them are like the same answer. <laughs> it's like the the answer to, oh, I wish I would have known that, or that's a bit of a challenge. And also, oh, yay, is I get to make all the choices. It's up to me. <laughs> <laughs> And that's literally the same answer for both sides of the coin. It's a double-edged sword. And so it does take a certain kind of person to say, all right, I'm 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 willing to jump in there. Who knew I had that many opinions? I've really grown into 
someone who's like, this is my stance. This is what I believe. This is what I want. This is how I want to do it. And you do have to get beyond the comparison and you do have to get beyond what everyone else is thinking because you are going to be in groups of people who may not have that experience and may not understand. So it's so important to have the right support system and the right communities that really get you. I love talking with other women entrepreneurs, especially because, oh boy, they get it. They really get what you're going through. I would say that the sheer amount of like, when I say expenses, there's two things at play here. One is that, especially if you're doing something that's service-based, you don't need to be spending all the money on all the things. So I definitely had some trip ups where it was like, okay, I didn't need all of that to start. It could have started a lot simpler. And that's one of the things that I I preach and practice as mm-hmm. a productivity coach is, is going simpler, is understanding agile management concepts. Like what's your MVP, your minimum viable product? Start the most basic way possible. We have this tendency in our, our lives in society to just want to complicate things, to to create complexity because we think it means value. And, I and so I would that. say that's that's a big takeaway for me. And it's one that I coach all the time. We, we You could step back and the simpler uh, uh, thing can often be the better thing all around, including financially. So I want to hone in on that for a split second, because yeah. that couldn't, for me, that's one of the things that when people hire us as financial planners, they connect financial planning with investments. And there mm-hmm. is a piece that is connected So as financial planners, I do give investment advice, but that's actually honestly the easiest side to financial planning because there are simple solutions out there. Now, there's some people that don't want you to believe that there's simple solutions out there, but in today's world, there's very simple solutions that are out there. So if somebody comes to me and wants to know, for example, what our performance is, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to, we use indexes. We're, we're really, that's not what we do. It's Mm -hmm. our big get is more along the complexities of life, the moving angles, the decisions that you have to make. The investment piece is pretty simple. So I love that you bring that up that the most, some of the most, what seems complex parts is actually the simplest parts. So taking a step back sometimes and saying, well, what am I really trying to achieve with this? Right? Absolutely. And every time you could ask that question, what am I trying to achieve? And this could be with anything, any project that you're doing. What's brilliant about that is that you are focusing on the end result, right? You're focusing on what you're trying to accomplish and that frees up how it can happen. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to have the bells and whistles you think it does. It Mm -hmm. can be a lot simpler. It can be with help as opposed to just you. It could, Mm -hmm. there's, you, you free yourself up to be a lot more innovative, a lot more creative in terms of how you're making something happen. And that just, that frees you up. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to move into um, I want to move into the conversation. So we've talked about how you've got to where you are and yeah. your why behind it. Uh, but I, I mentioned at the introduction that when you presented at the women's conference, you talked about 
inspired action principles, something that you called scope. And scope was made up of simplify, clarify, organize, prepare, and execute. And I often see with clients that we're working with, you know, I've I've thought about reaching out and saying, you know, would you trademark that and let me use it? Because I love the idea of, you know, like simplifying life as a general rule, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking across all the complexities of our life, how can we simplify things? And it is like you said, sometimes it's hiring somebody to help you simplify. Sometimes it's just looking at things that are in your life and saying, it's just, there's no value there. I'm just going to do away with it, you know? Right. clarify what are your goals what are you trying to achieve you know organize we talk all about organize whether you're talking about mental like i'm a compartmentalization person when i'm working on things i i have i've been told i'm very lucky that i can do it but i can you know there could be a circus going on next door and i'm like right here you know so Organize is a piece of that, but I think compartmentalizing is also a piece of it that can help preparing is, you know, the next step. And then execute is the piece that I think falls. And that's why the accountability side, I think of coaching is so helpful is because I've, I have created over the course of my career, and I'm sure you have as well, some I would call rock star plans. Now, maybe I'm being a little, you know, like I'll walk away with that and I'll think, man, this really is going to help this client. You know, this is going to make a big difference in their financial lives. And I'm so excited about it. And then two months later, I sit down with them. I'm like, okay, so what did you get done? And they're like, oh, I just haven't had time. I'm like, oh, but that's the piece. You just paid me all this money. You know, why are you not executing it? If time is the barrier, let's get that out of the way. Let's get this done. But that's such an important piece as well. So talk a little bit about, and I'm, I'm giving away some secrets. So for those of you that are thinking about hiring Lisa in any way, shape or form, I'm giving away a little bit of, of your secrets um, enough to get people interested. I guess talk a little bit about the process if somebody's interested in pursuing this. Sure. And let's lean in closer because we're going to give a little bonus secret, uh, which is that it really isn't about the time. Case in point, one of my clients recently had the right to-do list going on. And I do help you process your to-do list because believe it or not, right now, the one you have in front of you probably has the wrong things on it and we can work through that. But I was working with a client recently where he had all all the right things on the to-do list, but there were two things that kept staying there. They would not leave. And we dug in, why aren't you doing it? The first answer you always give is because there's not enough time, right? I didn't have time to do it. I'm like, "Mm, keep going. Ask why again. Now what's your answer? And then we came to that it was fear, So, so often, that's a good question to ask yourself today. If you're saying, oh, I don't have time for that, I don't have time for that. Is it that you don't have time for it or is it that you are fearful of doing it wrong or that you don't value it enough and it was someone else's idea? You know, ask why it's on your list. So that's like my bonus (laughs) question, but that gives you uh, one example of the kinds of things that we talk about, but it's actually very simple 
we connect. You can either do a really cool, what I call speed coaching, which is like speed dating without the awkward small talk. And in 30 minutes, we can take one challenge that you have and we can get through it and, and get you the next right step. And when you talked about executing and how that's the place where we fall, it's often because we're trying to have too big a step. Our scope is too, you talk about scope. That's why I called it that. And I love that acronym because we have to think about the scope of what we're doing and keep going smaller than we think will be even effective because really that's where it is. That's where you have the basis to create your habits. And when we work together, we're going to learn so much. You are going to learn really who you are. (laughs) how you work best. You're going to talk about those things like you said, oh, I'm not crazy because I really like to, you know, declutter and that that, you know, relieves my stress. You're going to understand how you work best because productivity is not about doing more. It's about doing less and doing less in the right way, the right things at the right way, the right time for you. That's what we discover together. We do this through the process. Uh, There's a lot of positive psychology principles here where you lean into your strengths, strengths strengths-based planning and approach and prioritizing. That changes the game for you because so often we are trying to play the game by someone else's rules. You discover your own rules you use your values to create a filter for what you need to be doing. And then we work on those steps. And when you falter, when you're frustrated, when you're like, I'm still not getting to this one thing, what's going on? We dig into it. I am a productivity and accountability coach, but I also bring the professional organizing and the life coaching into it. It has to be holistic. Uh, The more we try to, you can compartmentalize when you're trying to focus. And I love that you're able to do that, Amy. But when it comes to looking at how we need to be productive in our lives, we need to look at that as a big picture holistically. We can't pretend that we don't have a family when we're working. We can't pretend that we don't have work to do when we have a family. Uh, We can't ignore those pieces. We need to help them work in harmony. And that's what I do. Yeah. And I think um, to your point, like, I think you and I talked the one day we, we were talking about the fact that I am mentally productive in the morning. Yes. So I need to lean into those really um, challenging tasks, thought producing tasks. I need mm-hmm. to lean into them in the morning. So I need to put those big things that require, you know, really deep thought and clarity first thing in the morning. At the end of the day, I'm more socially apt than I am in the morning. Um, I can dig, th- like I can run through some emails and I can do some very basic stuff at the end of the day, which is why I usually save some of that kind of work towards mm-hmm. the end of the day. Um, but if it's a big thought, then I enjoy getting up early. It, it, it's something I actually like to do. I know people think I'm crazy, but I end of the day, nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm done, you know, but I think knowing your own circadian rhythm mm-hmm. also makes a difference in the schedule of your day as well. And you and I talked a, a little bit about that before. 
Absolutely. That's energy management right there. And, you know, the, the quickest way to know, you're like, okay, so I do this. Is that weird? You know, or will it work? And I'm like, does it work for you? And if the answer is yes, do it. <laughs> so you're like, I like to get up early. And I... <laughs> I had all I could do not to say, and I do not. <laughs> but that's the whole point. You hear all these things about morning routines. And and I've worked with people where they're like, I can't do a morning routine. I'm like, let's talk about where you're most energetic. Oh, at night. So have a nighttime routine where you do the majority of your work to set yourself up for the day mm-hmm. to come. And then you do as little as possible in the morning. Or maybe you have a split morning routine like I do, because my first focus in the morning is to help my kids have their morning routine. (laughs) And that's all the energy I have, right? Right. And that's an interesting point to bring up even further to say, you know, what if you're part of a team? Mm. And when you're part of a team and you've got some teammates that have that, when you're trying to manage energy, um, I don't expect my team to do what I do. Like, I don't have that expectation. In fact, you know, one of the members of our team is the complete opposite of me. Like she will be up working, you know, later into the evening, but don't expect her to respond before, you know, 9.30 or 10 o'clock. That's her energy. How, how do, um, how do, how do you find, or how do you coach people that are in those different team environments to, have that integration and and respect for each other's, I guess, setup, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very much like what you're doing. So I commend you for this. Some of the things you just said is what we're, we're, you know, ultimately trying for, which is communication. So the fact that you know how different your teammate is and what they need versus what you need, that you're communicating And I would also say this is a wonderful opportunity for us to leverage technology in a brilliant way. We often give technology such a bad rap because it can be, you know, a distractor, right? Mm -hmm. But we can use it as long as boundaries are in place. And like you said, okay, you can send something any time of the morning that you're ready, that you're thinking of it, that you're focused, but you are not expecting a reply until Mm -hmm. after 9.30 or 10. Mm -hmm. There you go. That is a prime example of how to communicate, to understand, to respect each other's boundaries, but still be able to work in your best, uh, you know, time Mm -hmm. and then, you know, await a response. Once in a while, I'm sure you're going to have a time when you have to collaborate in real time. And so you'll come up with the best compromise you can think of, which might be the latest, (laughs) the earliest that would work for her, the latest that would work for you, you know, something like that. But for the most part, when you're able to do things independently and share, you communicate, set boundaries, leverage Mm -hmm. technology, and you're good to go. I think it's important that people understand that of each other. And I, it's, it's a little bit easier on our team. I mean, we're across multiple time zones and we all you know, mm. somewhat work remotely some days of the week, that sort of thing. But I do think in a corporate world for our clients that, that work in that environment, I think teams need to take a step back and look at where this, the real sweet spot is for everybody's communication and thought cycle. Yeah. You know, if if you do have some evening people and you do have some morning people, there's there's a point in the middle of the day somewhere that everybody's on their game. Mm-hmm. And if you try to get, you know, if you want everybody to be like you, um, 
you're going to lose, <laughs> you know, it's going <laughs> to like, you know, so I think that's an important part of productivity is understanding mm-hmm. not just yours, but your teammates as, as well. So, Absolutely. so, so thinking um, just the, the next step, and I, I know we're running a little bit long, but thinking the next step. So um, if somebody wanted, you know, just feels like, okay, my life just feels like I'm busy all the time because you said that early on, like you didn't have any time for yourself. You were focused on your kids. You were focused on your mom. You were focused on your husband. You were focused Mm -hmm. on everything else, but you, and you just felt like you were just now I'm putting words into your mouth, but it sounded like you folk were, you know, you were going in this whirlwind and self-care not on the list. Right. Let's, let's take a pause there for a moment and say, and I, this, this is my joking moment. And my message for my wine listeners is, <laughs> you know, if you're looking for a good wine, let me tell you about one that I had over the holiday. <laughs> and I, I joke about stuff like that. And, and in reality, I did have a good wine. It was Hanson's wine. It was delightful. I've mentioned them in my prior five, uh, prior podcast to say that if you're looking for a good Pinot Noir out of Oregon, go to Hanson Winery. They do a really good job. And if you're looking for a reserve, they, it was just, it knocked my socks off. So there's my little wine interval. But in, in reality, like when you're talking about the fact that, um, you know, we, we don't do our self-care well. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, what are some of the things when you're working with somebody that you make sure you help us prioritize that? So it's kind of like the, you know, that you're on the airplane and make sure you put the mask on yourself before you put it on somebody sitting next to you. Right. What are some of the things that you do just, you know, to, to try to get people in that mindset? So for starters, and what's really cool is that uh, these worksheets I'm going to mention are actually a freebie that I offer to everyone. So you can actually go download that today. Um, my my top tools for uh, multi-passionates, and by the way, the multi-passionates, when I speak of that, those are those of you who love so many things and are doing so many things, <clears throat> are juggling so much, are multitasking those are the multi-passionates. Um, and often we're the caregivers as well as the business owners, as well as, and just keep adding. So those top tools, oh, those are the things that will help you do the things that we've talked about today. So one of them is core values. Uh, the other one is the joy list. And I was chuckling at the wine. First of all, Pinot Noir is one of my all-time favorites. So that's a great recommendation. And uh, the joy list is actually, and each of these are like a couple minutes long. They're very quick to do. One of my uh, latest clients said, I sat down with a glass of wine and the joy list and I completed it. And I'm like, now that's how you do it. And the joy list is like creating your own self-care guide. It gives you a chance to sit back and reflect, which you may not have done for a while if you're constantly giving to others to say, what do I love and what lights me up and what nourishes me? So there's that. And then there's also the focus file, which is the mind sweep, taking it all out of your brain because there's so much swimming around. Those three worksheets will take you so far so fast because then when we're working together, we can say, what's on that joy list? We can use that as a goal. And 
it's a lot simpler than you think to say, okay, if I know that's something I love to do, music is a great example for me, playing my guitar, singing, where can I do that? Well, first of all, every time I go to pick up the kids and I'm in the car, you know, I am like rocking out, okay, singing loudly. Good or not, doesn't matter. I do it and I love it. Then, then there's like stopping and playing the guitar. Okay. That only takes five minutes. And then if I'm laying out my week ahead and I'm trying to pop in five minutes a day, or you have something where you're like, I just like to work on this craft project and you make sure you consistently do it once a week. And then another time in the week, you take, you know, a half an hour somewhere to like lock a door. <laughs> Tell everybody to go away and grab that glass of wine and read a good book or whatever it is that speaks to you. That's the whole point of it. When we discover those things that really feed us and then we go, oh, I haven't done that in a while. That's a big aha moment. And then you realize it's not as difficult as you think to fit that in. That's where we start. Those little baby steps that say, oh, here's a moment where I'm worthy of some care and some calm and we do that a bit at a time. And Lisa, um, for people that are interested in getting those worksheets, um, yep. they're available out on your website. We can yep. also we can also put some links in the show notes. Yeah, go one right to the homepage. Before, um, one final thing I just want to mention before we we um, finish things up is that mm-hmm. I think it's important, in my opinion. I think it's important for people sometimes to to do that fun list or that focus list because. I have experienced times in my life when somebody says to me, um, maybe it's in a coaching session or something like that, they'll ask a question and I, my head is so full of information that I can't even begin to answer the question. Like it could be a simple, simple question. I'm talking like, what are you doing this weekend? And, and that, because I'm so full. Mm -hmm. I can't, and I do compartmentalize, I can't switch that easy. Yes. Like I can't go from deep thinking to surface thinking that easy. And I think that the more I have, like the times that I'm most stressed, it's why I think like I, you know, I come up with brilliant ideas when I'm in the shower or when I'm on vacation or whatever, because Mm -hmm. I'm not, my brain isn't so full that there's, you know, the, the, papers are flying out of the filing cabinet, you know, it's, it's just, I think that, that, that when I have trouble dreaming, I guess is probably a good word, but even sometimes problem, just basic problem solving. I, that's a sign to me that I am overwhelmed mentally. My brain is protecting me. Yes, of course it is. It's going to shut down. And what you're describing, that's our brains are meant to innovate and create and to dream and to figure things out, to troubleshoot, to problem solve and not hold the information. And so if you catch yourself saying, I'll remember that, don't do it. It's a trap. It's such a trap. Uh, So that the focus file, and this is why they work so beautifully together. The joy list is the fun. What, what do I, what do I love to do? What's lighting me up? What's going to nourish me and energize me. And then the focus file is, can we get all the stuff out of your head? That's getting your attention that may not need your attention immediately. You may not need your attention at all, but you need to have it someplace safe. So your mind stops like, you know, constantly Mm -hmm. focusing on it. So you can focus on what's in front of you. And then from there, 
you can process it. And I have a four-step process. I have a podcast episode about it on tackling your to-do list and the four Ds. So you can process it from there. But the first step, the first step today, and if you're feeling like this, you can do it even before the worksheet. But if you get the worksheet, it'll help guide Mm -hmm. you through it. You won't have to, you won't have to think about what you're doing to try to get all the thoughts out. Um, It'll take five minutes. Well, Lisa, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I was going to plug your podcast because we had originally intended on talking about the four Ds, but I'm going to say, dun, 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 go listen to her podcast. (laughs) Uh, Sounds good. Search for Positively Living um, uh, for the podcast. You can also go to positivelyliving.com slash podcast. Lisa's on uh, Instagram. She's on, um, you can reach her via email at Lisa at Positively productive.com. We're going to have some links to her in our show notes. Um, we hope that this information really gets you off on the, on the right start for 2023. And, um, if you have any questions, you know, please feel free to send them us, send them our way and Lisa's way. Uh, I do follow her on Instagram. She has some great tips on there. So if you're just trying to figure out if this is the right solution for you to get your foot in the right direction for 2023, follow her on Instagram. I think that you'll see there's some good tips there. We hope you all enjoyed listening to this podcast. Please feel free to go out and rank us because you know, the more people rank us, then the more people find us. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Also, don't forget to share us with friends if you think that somebody is interested in this particular topic. Happy New Year, everyone. And we look forward to hearing from you throughout the course of the year. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.